Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is June 3rd, 2022, and our first story... The lawyer for the Nick Sandman lawsuits against the media has joined Kyle Rittenhouse's legal team. They're targeting Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook, as well as the corporate press for major lawsuits. And I hope they win. And I hope Johnny Depp sues the Washington Post and wins as well. In our next story, gun control advocate David Hogg argues against immigration in some weird gun argument. You know, the people who are advocating for gun control don't seem to know what they're talking about once again. And in our last story, leftists accidentally argue that What is a Woman from the Daily Wire is one of the biggest documentaries ever released because they're claiming it wasn't a DDoS attack that brought down their website, but it was just massive demand. That's a ridiculous cell phone. If you like the show, give us a good review. Leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends now. Let's get into that first story. Johnny Depp has defeated Amber Heard in his defamation lawsuit, winning all three claims. This is giving people hope that when the corporate press publishes lies about us, there will be some accountability for too long. We've seen the media just lie about anybody they don't like, pushing activism, smearing even the former president. But while this does give people some hope, alas, Johnny Depp's rich. Of course, he's going to be able to fight back and win. What about us regular people? Perhaps we are relegated to just living vicariously through Johnny Depp and experiencing catharsis in the form of his schadenfreude. But my friends, there is a real possibility that the times may be changing. Kyle Rittenhouse announces that the Covington lawyer is joining his team and they are actively targeting Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook for defamation. It's fantastic news. Kyle Rittenhouse says that he is emboldened by Johnny Depp's victory. And this is the moment we have all been waiting for. Every single lie that they published smearing Kyle Rittenhouse. We want accountability. With Nick Sandman and the Covington kids, twas but a humble child standing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial minding his, own, minding his own business when a man came up and started beating a drum in his face. The media attacked the kid. I'd call him a victim, but all that happened is someone banged a drum in his face, probably uncomfortable, but... He was not the aggressor in that circumstance, and the media went after him, doxing where he went to school, calling him out, smearing him, dragging him. And so after this, he sued. He got a lawyer. 
a good one. And he's won many settlements. They tried arguing that Sandman was an involuntary public figure and thus a higher standard must be attained to actually sue. That is the public figure standard of actual malice or reckless disregard for the truth, which is insane. The idea that you could be minding your own business and someone films you. So all of a sudden you're a public figure. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. The idea of the public figure standard in defamation lawsuits is that if I, Tim Pool, am engaging in public conversations to a highly visible degree and you want to argue with me, it is more difficult to sue because we are basically yelling at each other or we're yelling ideas and we are participating in public. Nick Salmon, Nick Salmon didn't choose to do that. They will do anything to be able to lie, cheat and steal. Kyle Rittenhouse announcing that the Sandman lawyer has joined his team and they're going after Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. Tremendous news. You know what else is tremendous news? The Kyle Rittenhouse case not only exposed the activist media, it is causing them serious problems. I'd like to send you over to the Daily Beast. Once a prestigious news outlet, highly praised by prominent individuals in New York media, now, but fake news, so saith NewsGuard. NewsGuard is a third party certification agency that has downranked the Daily Beast for one simple reason. They lied about Kyle Rittenhouse. And for the most part, they didn't correct it. Only when they were called out did they start actually correcting some of the information. But for the most part, they didn't. The media lied left and right, up and down, every which way about Kyle Rittenhouse. And you know why I'm angry about this? They smeared me simply for reporting the truth. Kyle, good sir, I beg of you. Go after these organizations and bring us accountability for we may not be able to defend ourselves. The average person, I shouldn't say we, because I certainly have the means to defend myself and my company. But for all of you regular people, we can only hope to live vicariously through people like you when you file these lawsuits and bring accountability. But it's not just living vicariously through these individuals. It's that the accountability that may come from people like Kyle Rittenhouse will result in these companies maybe realizing it's time to stop. Stop lying. Stop lying. We know you're lying. We can see you're lying. And we call upon heroes to challenge the system and call out the lies and bring it down. Which brings me to the first story. The Nick Sandman lawyer joining Kyle Rittenhouse. You can see I'm particularly excited about, about this one, and I'll tell you why. It's because if there is one through line for all of the work that I do, it's that I despise the media because they lie all the time. I used to work at corporate press, worked for Vice, worked for Fusion, an ABC News company. And seeing how, what they've become, what these outlets have become infuriates me. Now, I would just go on the ground and I would film stuff happening on the ground. And the activists have taken over and the snakes have taken over. It's about time we held them to account. Well, Kyle Rittenhouse isn't alone in this because he's seeking donation from the public to fund his efforts. And through him, we might actually win. Let's take a look at this first story and see what's going on in the world of lawsuits and the fake news media, because we got a lot to call out. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, and you will be supporting our journalists. Our journalists who do a good job who report accurate information. I'd like to give a shout out to Elad Eliyahu, one of our field reporters. I mean, basically our only field reporter. We have a handful, but he's our main dude. 
And the thing about it is when when he comes on Timcast IRL and we talk opinion, we we argue. And I got really short with him. I do apologize for being so mean. But when we go at it opinion wise, we don't get along. But Alad on the ground does not inject his opinions when he is reporting and seeking the thoughts of the people he is interviewing. He does a good job. We need to bring back real journalism. And that's what I care about. I do not care to have a Ferrari, some, some crazy infinity pool atop a skyscraper. I want this. I want your support so that we can hire more journalists and build up TimCast.com to bring back real reporting, real documentaries. With your support, we will do it. So don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. And if you are unable to sign up at TimCast.com for a humble $10 per month, there's something else you can do. Kyle Rittenhouse has the Media Accountability Project, and you can donate to him for a direct for direct support in that fight against the lying corporate press. Fox News reports Rittenhouse lawyer says he's confident there are 10 to 15 solid cases against large defendants. The lawyer who represented represented Covington Catholic student Nicholas Sandman during his defamation cases has joined Kyle Rittenhouse's legal team and says there will be at least 10 defamation lawsuits against prominent figures and companies for comments against the teenager. Bravo. They smeared me as right wing and conservative and all of these things because I reported accurately what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse. Our predictions and our assessments were correct. He was found not guilty. We were we feared that it was a political trial and he would not get a fair trial, but he did. Well, I shouldn't call it fair. They certainly tried to lock this kid up. Creepy stuff. But we were right. The media tried claiming we were far right fringe nonsense garbage. And you know what I said? I said the Kyle Rittenhouse case made me realize I got to vote for Donald Trump because these people are unscrupulous. They are. These people have no morals, no principles, and they will lie to get whatever the power they want. And Kyle Rittenhouse was defending himself. It was a tragic situation. I'm not happy about it, but I don't see how locking up a kid defending himself was serving justice. And for that, Seeing how the media lied left and right, I said, we need a strong personality like Donald Trump and this movement to reject this outright. They say, quote, I've been hired to head the effort to determine whom to sue, when to sue, where to sue. Todd McMurtry, who now represents Rittenhouse, told Fox News Digital in a phone interview this morning, we're going to look at everything that's been said, determine which of those comments are legally actionable and proceed from there. Rittenhouse was charged with two counts of homicide. One count of attempted homicide and other charges after fatally shooting two men. We know the story of Kyle Rittenhouse. He was ultimately acquitted of all charges in November of last year. After testifying, he acted in self-defense. A bold move, mind you. We didn't expect him to testify in his own defense, but he did. Though the legal process for potential defamation cases is just beginning, McMurtry singled out Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook for a factually false designation on the platform that listed the Kenosha shootings as a mass murder incident. The designation resulted in Rittenhouse's social media accounts being pulled down and restricting positive comments about the teenager. This is the game they play. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. 
and you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. They take away your ability to tell the truth so that only the lies persist. That's what Facebook was doing because Mark Zuckerberg is a bad person. Here's how it happens. Lies are presented in the mainstream media about Kyle Rittenhouse. People like me challenge those lies and call them out based on actual evidence and witness testimony. We brought on, I think, eight different witnesses to Timcast IRL and who told us what happened. So Facebook lies and says it was a mass murder incident. So you're not allowed to say positive things about it. Anybody who told the truth, you get pulled off the platform. Then regular people only see the lies. They claimed Kyle Rittenhouse shot black people. That was not true. They claimed he crossed state lines with a weapon. That's not true. They claim his mother drove him there. That's not true. They were all lies. And social media companies propped those lies up. Let's just use for an example what Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg said about Rittenhouse. They said he was involved in a mass murder incident. This was not a mass murder incident. It was clearly factually false. To call somebody a mass murderer is seriously defamatory. And then to use the power of social media to basically censor any views that would take opposition to that mass murder statement is a serious effort to destroy his character. And it was seriously mistaken and seriously defamatory. And I insist Kyle Rittenhouse was not a public figure. He was not participating in public conversations. He was not a politician. He was not a celebrity. He was a regular local in Kenosha. When all of these things were said of him, he did not speak a word. Now, they'll try to claim he's a public figure. I don't think it's going to work. I think the moment Rittenhouse fires off these lawsuits, it will be biblical. Outrage erupted after Facebook and Instagram designated the shooting during the Kenosha riot, a mass murder incident before a trial or verdict. With Wall Street Journal's editorial board arguing in 2020 that such a a designation hurt the teenagers shot at due process and called the move an alarming resort to censorship. Meta, Facebook's parent company, ultimately reinstated Rittenhouse's social media accounts after his acquittal last year and lifted other restrictions, which, oh boy, admission of fault or admission that they were wrong. McMurtry added that Zuckerberg is certainly going to be at the top of our list when examining what potentially false statements are legally actionable because he has an outsized voice. Facebook has an outsized voice. They can do a lot of damage as compared to somebody maybe who has a small blog with 100 subscribers. We're going to look at everything that we have access to and that's been published and decide which ones are actionable. He added Facebook did not immediately respond to Fox News's digital request for comment on the matter. McMurtry represented Nicholas Sandman, 
after the media lambasted him over a confrontation at the 2019 March for Life in D.C., resulting in numerous settlements with media companies such as NBC Universal, CNN, and the Washington Post. Oh, you love to see it. Kyle Rittenhouse says Johnny Depp's win over Amber Heard is fueling him to get moving on suing the media for defamation. Come on, buddy. I don't want to wait all day. Now, now, they've got to get their ducks in a row and make sure they've got the right arguments as they move forward. But I just can't wait to see it. Accountability, please. Over at the Washington Examiner, Kyle Rittenhouse defends Second Amendment following string of mass shootings. Is that it? Following a string of mass shootings? No, he said, I am alive today because I was able to protect myself. It is not a stretch to say Kyle Rittenhouse may not be alive today if he was not armed on that fateful night. The people who were there threatened to kill him. Would they have? I don't know. I don't know what the percentage probability would have been for him to die, but it would have been possible and maybe decently probable. There was a man in Portland who was walking down the street when some Antifa guy with a Black Lives Matter tattoo on his neck put two bullets in his chest and killed him. Kyle Rittenhouse was threatened with death and fled, and the man chased after him. And when Kyle Rittenhouse heard a gunshot go off behind him, he turned. This man reached for his gun, almost grabbing it, I believe brushing against it, trying to grab it. And that's when Kyle fired in self-defense. It's tragic. I don't want anybody to lose their lives. But don't threaten people with death and then attack them. People have a right to defend themselves. And he's right. He's alive today because he was able to protect himself. Because there was a man with a gun who fired around in the air. That bullet, bullets come down. We don't know where that one went. He ran and he got attacked again. And most of you know the story. The media lied about basically everything. Kyle Rittenhouse reveals how false narratives upended his life as lawyer preps defamation lawsuits. Quote, everywhere I go, I have to have security. I can't go to Walmart. I can't go to Target. I have to have somebody with me because there are people out there that want to hurt me because of the false narratives. I don't believe I'll have a fair shake at getting a job because a place may not want to hire me because they may have seen something that was written about me and they may have that false narrative in their head. It's incredible. He was not a public figure. I hope that Kyle wins every single lawsuit. I hope that he mops the floor with all of these people. They've launched tmap.org, the media accountability project where you can click here to support Kyle. Now, you may want good journalism. Well, I highly recommend you go to timcast.com and become a member and support our work. But maybe you want accountability now. If you can't support our work and you would prefer to support Kyle in his lawsuits, you can go to teammap.org. You can support him directly. I actually think support us both if you can. If you can't support whatever you think is the most important. And I got to be honest, I think one of the most important things we need is a culture shift and accountability for these media organizations. They need a, a, a reckoning. They need to be told you can't lie anymore. Now, I'm doing my part. You're doing your part. Kyle Rittenhouse is doing his. And I think Kyle Rittenhouse's actions, the Media Accountability Project, may be some of the most impactful and most important we will see in a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like, you to, I'd like to bring you to the Wikipedia page for the Daily Beast. 
You may be wondering, Tim, why are you showing me the Daily Beast? Well, I mentioned it. They used to be considered real news, prestigious, and now they're fake news. But the reason the Daily Beast is so relevant here is that they've been labeled fake news because they lied about Kyle Rittenhouse. The Wikipedia entry for the Daily Beast says, let me show you this. The Washington Post media critic Eric Wemple stated in 2018 that pound for pound, the Daily Beast is an impressive operation. As I see it, they do a few things well. They bang the phones. They don't always follow the same story everyone else is doing. And they are fast. Really? According to Schachtman, the Daily Beast social media policy for journalists are three main rules. Your reporters, not cheerleaders. So don't be an open partisan. Hmm. Avoid hate speech uh-huh, and posts that could offend a group and don't get your fellow reporters in trouble. It's funny. They lied about Kyle Rittenhouse. Did that not offend a group? Yeah, they're full of it. They're liars. What's this? When you go to the Daily Beast and you use NewsGuard, you click this and we can see, uh-oh, proceed with caution. This website fails to adhere to several basic journalistic standards. Oh, my. Now, how could this be such a prestigious entity and organization? The Daily Beast News Guard Rating, a news and opinion website that focuses on politics and popular culture. The site regularly breaks news and produces impactful reporting, although it has published some false and misleading claims. They give it three big strikes. They are not responsible in their gathering and presentation of information. They do not regularly clarify errors, and they don't handle the difference between news and opinion responsibly. Oh, wow. Here's what's really fascinating. They go on to mention in their content, the, the, the assessment, a bunch of stories about Kyle Rittenhouse in their credibility section. They say, although Daily Beast content is often accurate and well-sourced, the website also published false and misleading claims, including multiple articles about Kyle Rittenhouse in Kenosha. They say, November 10th, 2021, they said, Kyle Rittenhouse crossed state lines with a weapon. Kyle Rittenhouse, blah, blah, blah. There's no evidence. That's true. The funny thing is, when I, when I saw that Daily Beast was downranked, I was like, whoa, how is, how is this the case? NewsGuard downranking mainstream corporate press? That's shocking. And then I saw in their nutrition label breakdown, all of this stuff about Kyle Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse. The Daily Beast was so hell-bent on lying about this young man that they are now fake news. They were fake news when they lied. But now you get the rating, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what this means? Timcast will no longer be using the Daily Beast due to their consistent lies. Now, just because the Daily Beast certifies organizations does not mean they're credible. You know, they certify a lot of organizations that lie a lot, like CNN. But for the time being, we will not be using the Daily Beast. There's few exceptions to our rule on using NewsGuard. One is Project Veritas, and that's because whatever the news, NewsGuard says about Project Veritas, when they publish a video I can see happening and their claims are that a person said a thing and they did say the thing, well, then we, we, we can accept that. When the Daily Beast doesn't fact check anything, that's totally different. But of course, we have used Daily Beast because we don't exclusively deny just because they're downranked. We just try to avoid it. Now, I use CNN, the New, York, the New York Times and other outlets, but even they publish fake news. It really does come down to we do fact check the stories. NewsGuard isn't the end all be all. Over at Fox News, Johnny Depp verdict. Legal experts believe Washington Post could be held liable too 
But the case would be tricky. Washington Post published Amber Heard op-ed that was ruled defamatory against Johnny Depp. They say, quote, I absolutely believe the Washington Post should be held accountable as well in this case. A jury just decided that all three of the statements in the Washington Post op-ed were deemed defamatory. Criminal defense attorney Brian Claypool told Fox News Digital. On top of that, they also believe that Amber Heard acted in a punitive way with falsifying these stories. So it's the duty of the newspaper and other media outlets to vet or filter information before they publish to the world and potentially damage the reputation of somebody irreparably. The Washington Post is not off the hook. Johnny, 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 boy. Sue them, please. Let them know you can't do it. You can't lie. Claypool felt Depp's team should bring legal action against the newspaper owned by billionaire Jeff Bezos to set a precedent of similar cases going forward. Quote, you have got to do your due diligence before posting that article. You can't simply have somebody walk into your office and say, hey, you know, I'm accusing Johnny Depp of all these bad things before going out and doing due diligence. I think it's incumbent upon Johnny Depp's team to bring a legal action against the Washington Post to set a precedent in the future that all media outlets need to be extra careful before they publish to the world allegations of domestic violence. Absolutely. Claypool believes the jury ruling in favor of Depp would make a case against the Post easier because the issues have already been litigated. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you to our good friend, Glenn Greenwald. Now, it's funny because I said good friend of uh, Ethan Klein on IRL, and everyone's like, what do you mean, Tim? Good friend. It's a joke. Everyone I reference is a good friend, good or bad. That's the joke. Glenn Greenwald, I actually do like. I've criticized him heavily in the past, but I think he's done really good work recently. So you take it, you know, for what it is. Glenn Greenwald tweets. How many times does the same New York Times Washington Post reporter have to be caught lying before her frightened colleagues cease defending her or remain silent? Again, media employees love lamenting that they lost the trust of the public, but never look in the mirror to ask why it happened. In this tweet from Damon Towell, he says, both people mentioned in the same paragraph allege that Taylor Lorenz lied about ever attempting to contact them for comment. We have legal bites saying, um, this says I didn't respond to requests for comment. I know I've gotten a lot of emails over the past two months, but I've just double checked for your name, Taylor Lorenz, and I see no email from you. Also, I didn't suddenly pivot. I started covering this before the trial began. Here we have a tweet from that umbrella guy who says the Washington Post lied and did not contact me before, including me in their story on Johnny Depp. I noted this on Twitter today at 8.31 p.m. At 9.44, they decided to contact me after. I noted this publicly. Taylor Lorenz, who is a liar, said, I wrote about how the Depp Heard trial offered a glimpse into our future media ecosystem, where content creators serve as the personalities breaking news to an increasing number of viewers. Taylor Lorenz, who is a liar and a simple content creator and influencer, who is not a journalist because she just lies, is trying to make the claim that in the future, this is what people will do. They'll just pivot to make money. The media is full of it. It is trash. And we can only hope that change will happen when people like Kyle Rittenhouse sue. And perhaps Johnny Depp will as well. This is an article from Taylor Lorenz, Taylor Lorenz in the Washington Post. The Washington Post is potentially liable for publishing the defamation. Taylor Lorenz has a major conflict of interest in publishing these lies. I'm sick of it. I am sick. 
You know what? I look over to James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. And they say that he's conservative and he's right wing and all that. And I'm like, well, I mean, dude, like James O'Keefe, I believe is a conservative. He speaks at CPAC. But he targets establishment institutions. So I don't care if he's conservative, liberal or otherwise. If a liberal targets conservative institutions and exposes malfeasance, good for them. I don't care. Tell the truth. You know what, you know what I, I have in common with James O'Keefe? We both look at the media and how they lie about everything. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No I'm just so sick of it. I'm not a conservative. I've never been a conservative. You know what really grinds my gears? People who try to manipulate me. That's really it. Now, I'm not saying I can't be manipulated. Everybody can be. If people weren't, if you weren't able to manipulate people, Coca-Cola would not be buying advertisements. Advertisements work. And to be completely honest, yo, I buy way too much stuff off Instagram. I'm like scrolling Instagram on the toilet and I see like a dog umbrella backpack or something. And I'm like, I got to buy this. I'm like, I don't, you're, they're like, you don't even have a dog. I don't know. It just looks cool. Yeah, because I see ads and I'm like, okay. But you know what? When the advertisement tells me something legitimately and then I want it, that's fine. You know, I really hate those video game ads where it's like, can you save the princess? And there's like, you got to move the swords around or something. And then you download it and the game's totally different. And I'm like, delete, report, screw you guys. This is what the media does. They lie to you to trick you into doing things. Well, that just pisses me off. So when I see a conservative and I walk over and I go, howdy there, conservative. What do you think about abortion? And they say, here are my thoughts and opinions. And I go, wow, I disagree on a lot of that, but I see where you're coming from. Thanks for having a conversation. I then turn on CNN or open up the Washington Post and they fabricate or publish these lies. And then I'm like, hey, that's not what they actually believe. Why are they lying to me? They're trying to make me hate this person. I disagree with them, but I understand their point of view. That's what I can't stand. They want us just at each other's throats. This guy, Damon, says something you never want to see when you open your inbox. And it says, Taylor Lorenz to me. Hi there. Taylor Lorenz. You know, I used to defend her. I defended her several times because of all the journals. She's trending right now, by the way, because there were some instances where I was smeared and I reached out to her and said, hey, here's some information. This is not true. And I dispute this. And then she was like, OK, I'm going to back off. She even removed tweets about me when I messaged her and said, here's proof it's not true. And she went, sorry about that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But then she lied about doxing libs of TikTok. It seems like power corrupts and absolute power tends to corrupt absolutely. So this is where we are. There are some changes coming. Take a look at this. CNN cutting back on overhyping everything as breaking news. The times, they are a changing. CNN's new boss, Chris Licht, says that beginning today, CNN has added a breaking news guideline to its style book. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care about that. But you know, that shows us the idea of what is or isn't breaking news is changing. And that's good. It's just one step. CNN was everything was brah, breaking news. <laughs> and you're like, calm down, man. But this guy, Chris Licht, the people who now own CNN have said they want to purge it of its garbage opinion format. 
Bravo. Do it. The most trusted name in news, they say. No, CNN is the most trusted name in orange man bad. If I'm ever frustrated with Trump, I know I can just turn on CNN and they're going to be like, the orange man is bad. And I'll tell you why. And it's like, weren't you that guy who got caught cranking it on Zoom? I was, but orange man is bad. Okay, you're hired again. I just don't care for it. If CNN goes back to reporting news, I'll turn it back on. But I don't know. I think their reputation is so trashed. I don't know if it can be salvaged. Fox News is a better reputation than CNN at this point. What I want to see is a society where people are driven by facts, have real conversations, vote based on true information to the best of our abilities in good faith. And I think the tides are turning. I think we are winning the culture war. I think the woke cult is freaking out, is losing its mind. And I think we're going to win this one. It doesn't mean they'll give up. And it does mean that you have to keep pushing and fighting back. It means you have to share these stories. It means that you have to defend Kyle Rittenhouse. It means that those of you who are at work and you hear some leftist or liberal person come and go, that, that murderer Kyle Rittenhouse is filing a lawsuit now. You can't just sit there and go, uh, you got to go, he didn't murder anybody. He was defending himself and he should sue because they lied about him. And I'll prove it. Then you pull up the news guard rating on, on, on the Daily Beast and show them every single paragraph where it says they lied, they lied, they lied, they lied. It's up to all of us to stand up and just say no. Too many people don't do it. Too many people don't. But I know a lot of you do. And I know it might not be easy for a lot of people, but you got to just stand up and just say it's not true. And you don't got to be a dick about it. That's the important thing. When someone comes up and they say that, be like, whoa, hey, like, what do you mean? Like, I don't think that's true. I mean, like, let, me, let me see if I can find this. And then just be calm and be like, here you go. Read this. And when they're like, what is this not true? Be like, yo, this is NewsGuard it is a, a corporate press certification agency. Like they give CNN a good rating. They give the New York Times a good rating. They're saying this stuff's not true. If you don't want to believe it, I don't know what to tell you, man. If you want to just choose to believe whatever you want to believe. Then maybe, you know, you believe conspiracy theories and fake news. Me, I trust the sources. And NewsGuard says it was fake news. So, hmm. In the end of all of this, I hope the outcome is Kyle Rittenhouse sitting atop a penthouse in a skyscraper with an infinity pool, sipping on a mimosa as his butler walks up and says, mm, Sir Kyle, would you like another? And he's like, thank you, Jeeves. And then Jeeves walks away and brings him his breakfast on a silver platter. I hope Kyle takes them for all they're worth and lives like a king for the rest of his life. This is the story of a young man who was scared for his community, who rendered aid to protesters, who tried to put out fires, and they threatened his life. He fled. He defended himself. And these people, the media and the activists, did everything in their power to crush him. But thanks to you, thanks to those who spoke up in his defense, and thanks to, thank heavens, the judge and the legal system, he's a free man. Hopefully, within a year or two, we will be thanking the legal system for bringing accountability to those who lied and giving something back to this young man who's had his, had his life dragged through the coals, who spent two months in jail. He deserves it. The full brunt of the establishment sought to crush this young man, and he won. I want to see him win again. The story of David and Goliath. I want to see the juggernauts recoil in fear for every lie they published and refused to correct. So... 
If you want to support him, it's tmap.org, the Media Accountability Project. And I think he deserves it. I hope Johnny Depp goes after the Washington Post because he's certainly someone of means who has the ability to do so. We'll see. I'm optimistic. I think Kyle Rittenhouse is going to win. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Last night, in an address to the nation, Joe Biden called for particularly extreme gun control measures. One of the things he called for was ending the 72-hour release period when it comes to background checks. He called it a loophole, but that's not the case. Here's how it works. When you go to buy a gun, you have to get a background check. Oh, surprise, surprise. They keep saying they want background checks. Well, we have them. Now, they want expanded background checks, but let me explain how this is just a ploy to take your guns and ban you from having them. Joe Biden wants it to be that you cannot have a gun unless a background check is completed. But right now, the way it works is that if you fill out your background check form and the federal government does not complete it within 72 hours, it is released to you, meaning you, you, you get your gun. That is because it is on the government, not the individual. The government wants a background check and they cannot infringe upon your right to keep and bear arms. So if they don't do their background check, that's their problem. Now, Joe Biden and many of these liberals want expanded background checks, which includes essentially private sales, which are already particularly restricted and relatively rare. Here's what happens. You want to transfer a firearm to your son, to your spouse. Well, I don't know if you have to do it for your spouse, but say a brother, maybe someone who lives really close to you and you have a shared issue with maybe feral hogs or, or who knows what. You have to go to a certif- an FFL, a licensed dealer. You have to get a background check performed. And then Joe Biden wants to make it so the government doesn't have to perform the background check and doesn't have to release the weapon to you. If that, remo- if that 72-hour release period is, is gotten rid of, which Biden called a loophole, they could just be like, what's this? Mr. Smith, you want to buy a gun? Hmm. We'll get to your background check when we feel like it. A year goes by and they never finish your background check. But sorry, you can't have your gun until you get one. Now you're trying to transfer a weapon to your son or your brother. And they say, well, you got to go to the, uh, the FFL to fill out the form. And then they also don't complete the background check. Now, the way it works is increments. They're not going to do it overnight. They're not going to ban weapons like they're gone. They're going to do things like this where they know they can make these moves that make it increasingly more difficult to own weapons. And Joe Biden has the nerve to come out and say, like, like all rights, it's not absolute. Yeah. For the most part, I get what he's saying, right? We, 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 we need to understand what it means to have this right. And we need to understand what the limitations are on the interpretations, but not the right itself. Poorly phrased. The idea being you have free speech. And what that means is your ability to express yourself. But instructing or calling people to commit crimes is where we basically say we've got a line here. And you can actually step on that line to a certain degree. We see it all the time with prominent left-wing podcasters and Twitch streamers when they call for violence overtly, but then say, in a video game. And then they don't get feds kicking their door in. We'll see if the feds go after Ethan Klein, you know, honestly, because he did make some pretty absurd statements. But uh, let me tell you that with all of that being said, we are winning. 
And who are we? Those who believe in the right to keep and bear arms. It's, it's a weapon. What are weapons for? Causing harm. Yeah, that's it. That, that's what they do. Uh, you can use the gun for fun, target practice. But what is the function of a gun? To deliver at a high, very high rate of speed, a piece of mass, a large, dense, no, I shouldn't say large, but a dense piece of matter into a target to cause damage to that target. It certainly ain't fixing or helping uh, build things. I accept all of those things. People post on Twitter, they're like, guns are just for killing people. And I was like, congratulations, you looked up the definition of gun. It's not just for killing people, though, but some of them are. If you're going hunting, you're going you're gonna to use a larger uh, caliber round and you're not going to use as many. If you are defending yourself from enemies, both foreign and domestic, those are people, and you're probably going to be stocked up on like NATO rounds, 9mm, 5.56 or whatever, right? 308. They serve different purposes. Shotguns have different purposes. Yes, they're for, for hurting people. The issue is we don't want you to aggress upon people. These weapons are to protect yourself and this country from enemies, both foreign and domestic. I say that and people on the left are like, what is what does a domestic enemy mean, Tim? And I'm like, dude, it means like a guy breaking into your house who's trying to like murder your family or something. It, it means rogue actors, just people who want to damage you or your property. It also means like, I don't know if a cop is breaking the law. It doesn't matter if they're a cop or a soldier or anyone working the government. It means are they aggressing upon you in violation of the law? Just because it is a law doesn't mean it's legal either. We, we know how that goes with all the, the atrocities throughout history. The point is, the people should have a comparable uh, defensive capabilities to agents of the state. That's it. Well, my friends, I bring you to the crux of this segment. Mr. David Hogg, with all of these things happening, I want to inform you that we're winning. And if you look right now, 36 states have permitless open carry. 36 states allow you to take a gun and walk around with it prominently displayed on your person. 25 states are constitutional carry, allowing you to conceal a weapon without a permit. Florida will soon be the 26th state, showing you that gun rights are winning. In fact, if you take a look since the 80s, I love this stat, by the way, the right to keep and bear arms has continually expanded. Now, there has been some pushback. We did have the assault weapons ban, which was relatively meaningless in the 90s. They don't know what an assault weapon is. We, met, we had the joke, thanks to Tyler Fisher. We were talking about Matt Walsh's What is a Woman documentary. And then I said, what is an assault weapon? And he said, that's the next documentary Daily Wire should do. And I was like, no, no, that one's ours. We're going to do that one. What is an assault weapon? It's actually a really good question because there is no definition. They might say it's a pistol grip, uh, a gun with a pistol grip. What does that matter? Just the pistol grip? Oh, it's, it's got a pistol grip and a foregrip and a, a retractable stock. And OK, for the longest time, these people have gotten stupid things banned. You can't have a short barreled rifle. But you can have a pistol with a brace. Yeah, Biden's not happy about that one. They, I love to bring this one up because it directly impacted me. The M1A, I think that's a 308 rifle. It might be a 7.62. They're, they're somewhat different, but eh, mostly interchangeable. Depending on who you ask, I guess. M1A is not allowed in Maryland, but the SCAR 20S is. And the SCAR 20S is a more modern variant of a, a similar caliber uh, rifle. So it just makes no sense at all. You look at the things they actually get banned and they're like, you, you can't have a, a pistol grip. And it's like, OK, then we'll do a different grip. But the gun still exists. It's just meaningless garbage. 
And the reason for it is because of people like David Hogg. So when you see people like David Hogg, you can celebrate knowing that your opposition has no idea what they're talking about. And um, maybe, maybe I should have gotten to this sooner because it's just a hilarious tweet. I'm sorry, man. David, come on. What are you doing, brother? David Hogg tweets, non-Americans should not come here until our country does something about gun safety. Your kids are not safe here and neither are you. Please request that your government put out a travel advisory to your citizens, telling them it is not safe for citizens to visit the U.S. What? <laughs> Yo, David Hogg went full white nationalist. Natalist. I'm kidding, by the way. But to see David Hogg be like, non-Americans should not come to this country. It's like, dude, what? Bro, calm down. Mike Cernovich says, great points. Time to build a wall to protect others from this country. I remember, um, do you guys remember uh, rap news, the Juice rap news? They had a bunch of really great uh, uh, rap, uh, rap, political rap songs, you know, 10 years ago. And one of them was about protests in the U.S. And one of the bits they did was that building, the, building a wall, and this is pre-Trump, was, uh, was not to keep immigrants out, it's to keep Americans in. That was the joke they made, securing the border at least. But uh, sure, Okay, I just love the responses to this. Someone mentioned it is affecting tourism. Many of us in Canada are not crossing over like we used to. <laughs> okay. Way ahead of you, my husband and I have actively made the choice not to travel to the USA since February 2017. Okay. <laughs> what? Scott Pressler says David Hogg is advocating for a wall progress. Yo, I just don't even know. What are you arguing for at this point? Here's another tweet from David Hogg. He says, I woke up with a message on Twitter from someone asking how to turn in their AR-15. This time is different. Yo, when the opposition to your rights are this unhinged, you don't really have all that much to worry about, but maybe that's the trick. You see, you sit here and you look at David Hogg and you're laughing, saying like, how could we possibly lose with opposition like this? Aha, wait, David Hogg is a mastermind. He has read the art of war, learning from the great Sun Tzu. You see, what he's doing is making you think he's weak so that you are lulled into a false sense of security. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, he's working very hard to enact real gun control policy. I'm joking, by the way, but the point remains uh, uh, apt. Do not underestimate a large horde of angry, stupid people. They don't know why. They want guns banned. They don't know what about them should be banned. They don't know anything about them, yet they're telling you how to regulate them. And so that's why I bring up the M1A SCAR 20S thing fairly often. And it's because they, they let, let, me, let me put it this way. So uh, I own a, a Benelli semi-automatic shotgun. Now I live in West Virginia, so I don't have these things in Maryland where we do a lot of our work, which is dumb. I'm hoping the Supreme Court issues a broad ruling in this upcoming case that just makes constitutional carry nationwide. That would be the coolest thing ever. But I have a Benelli. A, uh, it, it can hold, I think, six shells and uh, it's semi-auto. It is, it is a great weapon. It's got a pistol grip and you just hold it and you load it and you can go boom, 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 just very, very quickly. Personally, I don't see why the semi-auto function of it is it matters. I also own a KSG uh, 25. I think it's, I, I think I'm getting it right. And that is a dual magazine tube 
pump action shotgun with a pistol grip, it can hold 25 shells. If you're using mini shells, maybe like with slugs, it can hold, I think, 41. And that one can go boom, boom, boom. And you can fire it very, very quickly. Because it is pump action, it is legal in Maryland. And the Benelli, because it's semi-auto, it is not. It's a combination of the semi-auto and the pistol grip. If you get rid of that and have like a rifle grip, then it's uh, legal, I guess, to have semi-auto. I don't, I don't know for sure. The rules are particularly complicated. But Maryland has a big list of all of the guns individually they've banned, and the KSG is not one of them. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Why does it make sense? Why, why, why does it, do they think it makes sense to ban the semi auto that can hold six, but not the pump action that can hold 25? Because they have no idea what they're talking about. So you know what? Fine. We're going to keep winning on constitutional carry grounds. And when these things keep happening, then we're going to expand gun rights nationwide more and more and more. And we are. And they'll ban things that make us, I don't know, that are irksome. Suppressors under the NFA is really dumb because these people watch movies and they see people with screwing the silencer onto the weapon and then going pew, pew, pew. That's how it goes in the movies. And that's not how it actually works in real life. Although there are some really great suppressors. There are also guns that are suppressed, and those aren't allowed. They ban those things, and you're like, all that does is make the weapon safer. You're in your home. Someone kicks in the door. Using a weapon, you're going to hurt your ears. You got to put on ear protection. Suppressors can help. It's still extremely loud, but they have no idea what they're talking about. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why you shouldn't trust the government. I went to Mount Carmel recently, the Waco massacre site. Yeah, women and children were gassed to death. The government, like any organization, can and cannot be trustworthy depending on the circumstances. There's a reason why the founding fathers enshrined constitutional rights. When it comes to big business, a corporation can do bad. I think Nestle is a pretty bad company. I think Nestle exploits, you know, the rights of landowners and small communities to take water. And there's a whole lot of problems with what they do. That's just my opinion. Uh, I could be wrong about a lot of the Nestle stuff, but, you know, based on what I've seen, I'm not a, you know, there's a lot of companies that just do wrong. Well, when they do wrong, we can hold them accountable. We do have government. And for this, I actually like government. I'm not saying I overwhelmingly like government. I'm saying there are some things a reasonable person can conclude. Not all bad. I am not a, a hardcore libertarian ANCAP anarchist or anything like that, but I do lean very libertarian on a lot of issues. I recognize that when the people come together and form a governing body with a set of rules, it's not always bad. We can then say, you are using public commons. You are using the commons, our waterways. We don't want you dumping trash into it. So we come to that agreement. I disagree with um, the ANCAPs and the libertarian types. On this, they think it'd be, it can be easily privately regulated, you know, privately controlled. And I'm just like, you get people who exploit. You know, we, we, we should have some ground rules. I'm OK with that. But limited because here's the issue. We come together as a community and we tell these big companies, stop exploiting our resources. That's just that's causing us harm that I'm OK with. 
But eventually, who comes together to stop the government from infringing upon the rights of the individual and the private entity? It's one thing when we all agree, hey, they dumped toxic waste in our water supply. That's bad. We need to stop them. It's another thing when the government, uh, I'll shout out to Seamus of Freedom Tunes. He, does, he makes a good one, a good point. In one of his first cartoons he's ever done, it's a social contract man. And, and the guy's like, what do you do? And he's like, I buy things that you didn't buy with your money. And the guy's like, well, that doesn't sound good. And then he's like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, I fixed your car because I noticed your car was broken. And he goes, oh, oh, well, that's actually kind of nice. OK, thank you. And he's like, now I'm repairing your roof because your roof was broken. And he goes, oh, OK, that's not so bad. Like, there's some good stuff there. And then the guy goes, I also noticed you don't have any cats, so I bought you a thousand bags of kitty litter. And he goes, wait, what? Why are you doing that? And he goes, and it's your money buying it. And he's like, why? And he goes, well, it is my best friend who owns the kitty litter factory. And there it is. What happens when the government is corrupt? How do you deal with that? The problem is government has a monopoly on violence. And so when the government begins doing the bad things, you can't get another group of people to go to government and be like, we want to strike this because that is what government was supposed to be. The founding fathers said, we're going to have a, uh, a regis of grievances. Yeah, well, what happens when the government also does not respect your redress of grievances? You've got a problem. Government tyranny, it happens. So what can you do? Well, personally, I think we are nowhere near that point. I really do. I think we have corrupt government. I think you can take a look at like Waco and Ruby Ridge and be like, yeah, these people went nuts. The corruption exists. But guess what? As much as a lot of people don't want to believe it, we clearly saw with Donald Trump that voting actually works. That's the crazy thing. People were, were disenfranchised. And this is demoralized. And this is what they want from you. They want you to believe that you cannot do anything. They want you to be violent so they can justify their use of force against you. No, you don't need violence. Maybe when we get to a point where, like, I don't know, the government is rounding people up on train cars and bringing them to camps, maybe then we can have a conversation about how you stop slavery and mass executions or whatever. But we're nowhere near that point. The point we're at right now is we have a corrupt government. What do we do? Donald Trump got in. The left lost their mind because they're, I mean, for the most part, brainwashed by the mainstream media, the corporate press. Donald Trump was not some Superman or savior, but he does show that if the people do decide, they can have a big impact. We also see people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Thomas Massey. People can resist. And Rand Paul, for instance, here's what I'm saying. They want you to believe you're powerless, but the power lies in changing culture. They can't stop that. Now, here's why it's important to have guns, even though I'm outright saying violence is not going to be effective. What is effective is the ability to defend yourself from enemies, both foreign and domestic. And that means if anyone wants to violate your rights, you have the ability to say no. Why is it that the government doesn't kick your door in and raid your house? Why is it that they knock? Now, sometimes they do kick your door in. There was a man who was shot and killed. It was disgusting. Cops they, they breached the door, they had a key, and they start yelling, ah, and within less than 30 seconds, there's a guy sleeping on a the couch, they shot and killed him. That's psychotic. And they shot and killed him, he's got a gun. That's crazy, man. But take, I always, I always reference the Brenda Taylor story. The cops bang on the door, they say they announce themselves. They breach the door. In the hallway, Brenda Taylor's boyfriend opens fire on them, striking an officer on the leg, nearly killing him. I'm glad the dude's all right, we actually had him on the show. Scary story. 
But the cops understand that in this country, the people have a right to keep and bear arms, which means they cannot just kick your door in and throw you on a train car and drag you away. That is the point. Not that a citizen is going to, there's going to be a militia that rises up and challenges the government or anything like that. No, the government can strike those down very easily. The issue is that when it comes to enforcing the law, they have to be careful and respect the people because people have a right to defend themselves. This is a restriction on government and it's effective today. If we're going to affect real change, it's simple. Culture, teaching kids. This is the most important thing. I do not believe there will be a circumstance where, you know, right now, like in any, even in 10 or 20 years, the people are going to all take up their guns and then form a militia and then be like, or anything like that. I believe if we see civil war, it's going to be factional violence and the government will be attempting to stop it. It's not going to be like North versus South or whatever. It's going to be political. It's going to be very strange. But right now, the government knows that if they want to enforce the law, They have to respect you and due process. And that is a good thing. Because if they don't, people might be armed and in their homes. They can't just kick your door and violate your rights. They got to get a warrant and they have to be very careful about it. Now, with this comes the downside. Bad people do bad things. And this is where we ask government to please use the law to protect us. And Uvalde, they did not do it. And that's the problem. The government exists. They have guns. Okay, guys, when someone breaks the law, please stop them. That's what we want, right? The Uvalde should stop him. That's what we expect of you, but they didn't do it. They did not do it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. CBP did. But the local police did not. If they're not going to do what we ask them to do with the right to wield violence, then what, what are we getting out of them anyway? In the end, David Hogg has no idea what he's talking about. He wants to ward, ward off immigrants? What? I'm pro-immigration. I think let everybody come. Every single person in the world can migrate to this country through the process. That way we can make sure we, re- we retain our values, we share our values, and um, I like the idea that people want to be here more than anywhere else, and they want to live under our umbrella of influence. But that means there's going to be a process by which you do it. You got to apply Illegal immigration is bad for this country. I think that we need we need to to explain to people better why we have these rights. And people like David Hogg and these other gun control advocates have advocates have no idea what they're talking about. So, you know what? Fine, whatever. I'll keep arguing for why we should have guns. And um, I'll explain to people like David Hogg. They're ineffective. They're losing. Keep trying, Joe Biden. It ain't going to work. It's not. We're winning. And it's thanks to you guys. It's thanks to everyone. It's thanks to us having these conversations and explaining. I think things have gone fairly well in this country for a long time. We've increasingly expanded the rights of the marginalized. That's fantastic. Um, We've expanded the rights of the the people to keep and bear arms in many ways. Not completely. It's been restricted in many ways. The NFA, for instance. But I think we're doing better. So good. Good. Keep up the good fight. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I'd like to extend a heartfelt congratulations to Matt Walsh and the Daily Wire for what is now the largest, the biggest documentary release in human history. It would seem that probably the entire population of the world 
was seeking to watch What is a Woman, the documentary by Matt Walsh, all at the same time. Now, obviously, uh, it's not the biggest documentary release of all time, but according to leftist media, it must be. Now, this was the biggest release, I believe, for The Daily Wire, and a congratulations is in order. It's a fantastic documentary. We can see over at Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 98% audience score, and the tomato meter is blank because the actual mainstream corporate press is refusing to actually touch the thing. Uh, Maybe they will. It only just came out a couple days ago. We'll see. But here's what I love. What I love are the claims being made against the Daily Wire because they sustained a DDoS attack when they launched the show. And the reason they sustained a DDoS attack is because the woke leftists know there is nothing they can do to stop people from seeing real questions and shocking revelations about gender ideology. So here was the story I covered just the other day. The Daily Wire comes under sustained DDoS attack intended to disrupt premiere of what is a woman. They say a million requests per minute at the peak flooded our system and created challenges for many viewers. Now, this sounds like a DDoS attack. I know the Daily Wire guys. I don't think they would lie about this. I trust them. A million requests per minute. Yeah, that's, it's called a distributed denial of service attack. However, our good friends over at the Daily, uh, the Daily Dot said, did the Daily Wire actually get hit with a DDoS attack during the launch of its transphobic new documentary? And in it, they say, we talked to hacktivists and experts who say, no, it probably didn't. Okay, I'm going to run with that because the Daily Dot is NewsGuard certified. I'd like to point out the stupidity of the reality that we're living in, in which the Daily Wire is also NewsGuard certified. So who's telling the truth? You decide. NewsGuard is certified both as being factual. All right. Well, this one's an op-ed. The Daily Wire published a fact piece. The Daily Wire said we were attacked. Statement of fact. The Daily Wire says we've asked some people and they think no. But you know what, Matt? I'm going to have to believe that you guys were lying about what really happened because, well, you're just so humble and modest. You see, the Daily Wire, I'm choosing to believe, was lying about what was really happening. But it wasn't a dark lie. It wasn't. It was a it was a white lie. You see, Matt Walsh is a good man and he is humble and didn't want to tell the world that he had the biggest documentary release in history with one million people unique people trying to watch the documentary every minute. That's right. The Daily Wire procuring 60 million views per hour on this documentary. And in the two hours that it was published and was being stricken by this hit, 120 million people attempted to watch it. Certainly that means half the country or the the entire voting age demographic within the first day attempted to watch the documentary. Okay, let's be real. They got hit with a DDoS. But if they're going to claim it didn't happen and they were getting hit by a million requests per minute, that would imply it is the biggest release ever. Here's the Daily Dot writes. They say the Daily Wire released a transphobic documentary on Wednesday. The company claims that it was the victim of a digital denial of... Oh, help me, please, Claire. A digital denial of service cyber attack tied to the release. I'm going to stop you right here. My friends, if you have ever wondered who could be telling the truth, is it the left or is it the right? Certainly the right has its opinions, but a digital denial of service attack is not a thing. 
DDoS means distributed denial of service. A denial of service attack is when an individual fires off a bunch of requests to jam up the target address. A distributed denial of service is when multiple computers are firing off requests to overload the target address. Distributed meaning happening across a large swath of different machines. It could be a botnet, which is a bunch of computers that have been slaved, taken over by a virus to do uh, the bidding of the, uh, the hacker. Or it could be a bunch of people all using their, their individual computers at the same time. Digital denial of service is incorrect. However, Claire goes on to say this is possible. Hackers have reemerged as a political force in the last few years, but some are casting doubt, wondering whether the Daily Wire is simply misconstruing longstanding functionality issues as an attack, potentially to drum up publicity for the documentary. After all, when people experienced the same issue months, months ago, after the site dropped an interview with Donald Trump, the Daily Wire didn't announce it was under siege because per- perhaps that time it was infrastructure and this time it wasn't. Perhaps. When the Daily Wire was overloaded the first time, they said, let's shore up our servers to make sure we can handle it. Here we go. Eric Allison, Allison of Slide of Slick Rock Web, a digital firm that specializes in web security, says that in his expert opinion, the Daily Wire most likely didn't experience a massive DDoS attack. I want to pause real quick and say, we've been hit by a DDoS before. Timcast has been hit by DDoS attacks while we were live and the show gets taken down. It happens. Hackers have attended. Here we go. Via Twitter direct message on Thursday morning, Ellison told the Daily Dot, I checked with sources within the hacktivist community and no one knew anything about it or had even heard that this was be- was it was what was being claimed. Yes, that's right. There exists only a few hundred hacktivists and they all know exactly what everyone else is doing. Oh, shut up. Hackers have a tendency to boast about their work as they typically want credit and like to needle the victims of their attacks. However, the Daily Dot has not seen any group or entity take credit for the supposed DDoS attack. No one took credit for hitting us either. Matt Walsh of the Daily Wire is a transphobic right-wing commentator who spent years attacking people who don't conform to his concepts of acceptable gender identity and expression. Walsh previously declared this year he would wage an all-out assault on gender ideology. To that end, Walsh spent at least the last several months working on a transphobic documentary called What is a Woman? The Daily Dot previously reported that Matt Walsh's effort included creating a fake company to trick transgender people and others into giving him interviews and using transgender men's photos without permission. Duplicity is central to the creation of this documentary. The company timed the release of What is a Woman to the first day of LGBTQ Pride Month. Wow, the Daily Wire really thought this one out. On Wednesday evening, Daily Wire co-founder Jeremy Boring tweeted that the site was experiencing delays which he hinted could be the result of a cyber attack. Too early to say if the glitches are a result of a DDoS attack or human error. There was an enormous amount of traffic on the site, which should not be causing these delays. People in the comments reported a variety of experiences, blah, blah, blah. It's super glitchy. Okay. Here's the previous story. This is fascinating. February 8th, 2022. A fake company duping trans people into joining a documentary appears to be the work of the Daily Wire's Matt Walsh. This is the history of what really happened. I don't care to read through this whole thing. I want to talk to you about the talk to you about the ramifications of what we're seeing with this documentary. And um, the right is winning it. It is the uh, the same woman, Claire Goforth, who apparently doesn't have Google and can't Google search DDoS, wrote about how Matt Walsh pulled this off. Wow. Bravo. The Daily Wire created an organization called the Gender Unity Project. 
Let me see if we have the uh, how, how they describe themselves. The Gender Unity Project. The project was a film exploring the real lives of people in the LGBTQIA communities and to shed some light on the topics of identity and gender fluidity in a way that would capture the attention of all Americans and be educational. Ehrlich subsequently talked to the woman who identified herself as McKenna Lynn on the phone. Ehrlich said that the woman seemed nervous and made some amateur mistakes, such as confusing gender fluidity with transgender. I want to pause for a moment. So this Ellie Ehrlich gets reached out to by someone wanting to do a documentary. They said they were suspicious because the person didn't know about the difference between gender fluidity and transgender. As if everyone just already has to know everything about your worldview. It's so weird, isn't it? You didn't know enough about me. Therefore, it's all fake news. And there's something weird going on. Well, to be fair, in Ehrlich's, um, to, be, to be fair to Ehrlich, they were correct. I say they because I'm not sure if, uh, okay, she, wait, is Ehrlich a she? I'm not sure. Alarm bells went off, looked up a GoFundMe. Turns out they found that this person works for the Matt Walsh show. Surprise, surprise. Didn't really matter in the end because Matt Walsh got his interviews and he did a really good job. Now, some people have pushed back saying this. I doubt the critics will pay to watch in response to the Rotten Tomatoes. The paywall model is so flawed. Provide a movie pass that can be purchased. I understand there are costs associated with the production, but there are lots of people out here that don't want to subscribe to another streaming service. I would like to point out that TimCast.com is currently working on a, a critique and review of What is a Woman, and we will certify it fresh. That's right. We certify Matt Walsh's What is, what is a Woman, and it's fresh. Firstly, for one reason. It's good. It's well-produced and entertaining. It's a documentary that makes you want to watch. The pacing is on point. And so as you're watching it, you don't want to put it down. I had to work. Like, I have to read the news. And they send me a screener, and I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh, I got to get back to work. But this is really interesting. The way they did the graphics, the music, there's scripted elements to it. And what I mean by that is, like, there's a scene where Matt Walsh is, like, at a party, and he's, like, watching kids play. Clearly a scripted narrative element. And then he does the real interviews, which is non-scripted. And uh, really well-made. That's all I need to say, right? I certify it fresh as it will entertain you. Now, I will also say the work they did was fantastic. The interviews they got were, were wonderful. And these people speak in their own voices, these, these experts, and they, they make themselves look bad. So we're going to have that up at TimCast.com, but we're going to have it paywalled as well, because it's actually really, really long. Lydia is currently producing, uh, writing this. Uh, Lydia, of course, is the button pusher over at TimCast.IRL. Matt Walsh responded with, to this critique about the paywall. Then get rid of some of the other streaming services. Most of them produce garbage and are run by people who hate your guts anyway. Conservatives want great conservative content, but demand that it be free while they happily pay for content they say they don't want. It's absurd. Bravo. Matt Walsh is right. I don't have Netflix. Some of the people who work here do, because I'm not going to tell them they have to ban their, you know, everyone has to disable their Netflix. No, no, no. Look, if you want it, you want it. I don't like Netflix. I think it's bad. So, I think people should subscribe to The Daily Wire for this content. I think you all should go to TimCast.com and subscribe to our content. Granted, we basically have the Green Room show once a week, which is behind the scenes with certain guests. And we have the Monday through Thursdays member only sh members only show. So it's just like add-on content. But we are working on getting to this point. We also sell books. We're, we want to be like Disney Plus and Netflix in terms of a large platform with a lot of content. That's our goal, creating culture. Uh, the Daily Wire has only a few uh, offers, but you definitely should be supporting them because if you want to build it, you need to support it. Matt Walsh is right. Here's what you do. 
If you have a membership to The Daily Wire and you have watched the documentary, then you need to bring your friends to the living room and bring your family and say, here's the popcorn, here's the pizza, here's the wings and the beer, and we're going to sit down and we're going to watch this. And that's it. Hey, guys, you want to have a movie night? I would, I would love for you to check out this, this documentary on, the, on gender identity and stuff. And then, okay. Many people may be tribal cultists and say, no, I'm not watching this. Tran-. Okay, well, if you can't get him, you can't get him. But I'm willing to bet you got a bunch of friends who are like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't watch that stuff. Well, give it a shot. How about that? Cenk Uger of the Young Turks, you know, we love to shout him out. He, uh, he tweets and gets a lot of attention. He says, uh, again, that Joe Rogan's audience is right wing or whatever. And it's just, it's just laughable. Joe Rogan gets reportedly 11 million viewers per podcast episode. And you think they're all right wing? That's crazy. Okay, if watching Joe Rogan makes them right wing, then so be it. Everyone's right wing, I guess, if that's the case. If you if you know people who watch Joe Rogan, they will want to watch this. If you know people say, I'm not watching that stuff, just say, do you listen to Joe Rogan? Yeah. Do you like his show? Then check this one out because it's like it's not too off that track. You know, oh, but I heard Matt Walsh was this, that or otherwise. Maybe Do you want to watch it and see if it's true. Make sure. I don't know. I'll tell you this. Here's what I say to people. If they're like, I'm not watching that. That's far right. Be like, well, if you think it's all fake, right? then would you want to join us so that you can point out where he's wrong? Because if we're going to watch this and you're not there, we might get duped, right? There you go. Hey, what are you going to do? And then they say, I don't care. I don't want to watch it. Be like, okay, well, we want to see it because it's got 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Everybody's talking about it. And so I want to see what it's all about. I think you should be there because if they present something that's untrue, you can counter it. And I genuinely mean that, to be honest. Like if Matt Walsh produced a documentary and they're biased, it would be great to have someone to stop and be like, hold on a minute. He said this stat. That's actually not true. I do think there are some things that may be incorrect in this documentary. We'll see what happens in, in, in our write up of it. And I'd, I think it'd be absurd to assume that everybody gets everything right all the time. But the reality here, the documentary works. What is being exposed is powerful. Vocal distance with the Twitter thread. What is a woman? In the Matt Walsh blog documentary, what is a woman? Woke gender experts say no one thing makes someone a woman. Women can mean many things to many people. Some women have hoo-hoos. What is it? Are men ha-has? Women are hoo-hoos, right? I'm trying to be family friendly. Men have ding-dongs. There you go. Men have ding-dongs and women have hoo-hoos. Some women have ding-dongs. Let's explain what's happening there. And now if your kids are listening, they'll be like, what? And how to push back. He says, the first thing we need to do is get clear about why they say women can have ding-dongs. There's no one thing that defines woman, and woman can mean many things to many people. To understand this, we need to unpack a point about language, especially categories. He basically says, if you go to a forest and you see trees, you know, big brown stalks with leaves, you say, that's a tree. So you can quantify what it is. We put things in categories to intellectually organize them. I think most people understand this. He says, in wokeness, the idea is that you can construct any category we want. We can organize things however we want. Let's use books, for example. You can organize your books in order of author, genre, length, publisher, fiction, nonfiction, or by the color of the cover. It's actually a really good point. Organizing your book by color of the cover is probably the stupidest way to organize them, in my opinion. I mean, it looks cool. Look at this. The blend from pink to red to yellow to orange to yellow green. Oh, it's a really cool transition. And 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And, and how do you know what you're going for in reading? Is this nonfiction or fiction? You're still going to be like color in no way helps you understand the book. There can be red as a symbol of evil and demons or red as a symbol of love. It's a good point about what the woke do, I guess. He says the woke, in, the woke think we can organize the world using whatever categories we want. Trees are only categorized as trees because we put them in a category. He says, here's the point. The woke think the categories of man and woman are arbitrary categories. They are not accurate reflections of the world as it is. They are categories invented by people who want to divide society into the groups, men and women. I'm going to pause and I'm going to tell you how it works. Okay. What is a man? An adult human male. What is a woman? An adult human female. Those are rather simplistic. When you break down what female is, you say female is the sex of an organism that produces non-mobile ova. Male is the sex of an organism that produces mobile, um, what is it, um, sperm, I guess, but there's, a, there's, a, there's actually a better word for it. Spermatozoa, is that what it is? And so that's typically how we describe it. And thus you can see sexual dimorphism is different across different species, like the male seahorse carries the babies, or the male hyena is smaller and weaker than the female, things like that. However, what happens is you'll end up with some women who have hysterectomies. They're still women, right? Yes, because they are still the sex of non-mobile ova. What the left has done is they say a trans woman that, ha- you know, has fully transitioned and done surgery has, it doesn't have a penis. You know, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, a ding dong. Um, has female breasts, has long hair, acts and behaves as such, and thus societally would present as a woman and thus is. But that's not how it works. Presenting as something doesn't mean it is. There's a caterpillar that tries to look like a snake. It is not a snake. There are, we have, we have, um, they're called, they're, what are they called? They're called mock strawberries or something. They grow all over the place. They're little red berries that look like strawberries. They're not strawberries. And so they imitate. There are little bugs that look like bees. They're not bees. They imitate. Just because they look like a thing does not make it a thing. It makes it something different. So that's why we give the trans qualifier to a trans woman. And we don't just say woman. The left is trying to conflate it saying, oh, well, we can't look in someone's pants anyway, so how are we supposed to know? 98 plus percent of individuals are men or women. There are effeminate uh, men, there are masculine women. But that doesn't mean we do away with the categories. This is what Matt Walsh is exposing with this documentary. When all of these people say a woman is someone who identifies as a woman. You, what? Then what is she identifying as? And say, oh, woman. But what is that? And they go, what? What are you saying? They're not saying anything. They have no answers. This is probably the greatest red pill and why the documentary is so fantastic. Go to a regular person and say, what is a woman? And they're going to be like an adult with a poo-hoo or I don't know, a female, like adult human female. Like woman is such a rudimentary basic word in human language. Many people might be like, I don't know what you mean. Like we know what women are because they're imagining a human with breasts, wide hips and all of these things. Seamus made a great point on uh, Seamus of Freedom Tunes on Tim Kest's IRL. He said, we did not discover chromosomes, uh, uh, X and Y, 
and XX and then go, what? There are two different categories of humans No, we already knew there were. And then we found evidence to back up our observations. This is fascinating. I will tell you one thing I've heard that I think is good. One expert said, not in this documentary, a woman is a person who identifies as an adult human female. And I said, that's interesting. That is interesting because that fits a whole lot better with the transgender ideology than just not giving an answer. But that's not really what a woman is. A woman is an adult human female. That's how we categorize and which, which, what we use woman to mean. Boy is a uh, adolescent human male. Girl is an adolescent human female. Woman and man refer to adults. But they're uh, probably the cleverest response is a woman is someone who identifies as an adult human female. Okay, well, that's them trying to change the definition once again. We have the trans qualifier for trans woman because there is, it's, it's effectively a subcategory of gender expression. But that trans helps describe the thing. Imagine if we referred to anything with four wheels as a car. You'd be like, get the car, honey. And she'd walk back with the skateboard. And you'd be like, I, I mean, I mean the, the big car. And then she walks back with a longboard. And you'd be like, okay, wait. Just because it has four wheels doesn't mean it's a car. We have qualifiers. Get, you're like, get the car. And then she pulls up in a big box truck. And you're like, okay, well, it's kind of a car, but it's not really. It's like, well, it's got four wheels and it drives. And we, we could use it, but I don't need a box truck right now. And the gas is expensive. Get the sedan. Oh, wait, what's that? We got a special word. Right. To categorize what we really want. The sedan, the small four-door four dark, four door car for us to travel around and do errands in. That's why we have these qualifiers. Woke are trying to get rid of them. They're trying to deconstruct and make things impossible to describe, which is just absurd. It's insane. I, I don't, I don't under, you know, look, I don't know that they actually care or are offended. I think they're mindless. Wimixin, women with a Y, pick one. In the end, let me just say, great red pill, this documentary. Share it with your friends. Seriously. Um, shout out to the, uh, to the Daily Wire. This is not a sponsored spot, but they did, they did sponsor um, our episode of IRL last night to promote this. And I'm like, when I, when I got word that the Daily Wire was requesting that we, we do two sponsored spots on the show, I was sitting back and I was like, suckers, we shouted out the documentary for free already. No, but thank you to the Daily Wire crew. Um, I'm a huge fan. I am super jealous of the stuff they're producing. Someone, uh, Tyler Fisher had the great idea of producing what is an assault weapon. Because I asked that question. Is that's, that's the next documentary that um, Daily Wire should do. And I was like, no, 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 we should do that. Tim Cass, we're going to make that one. What is an assault weapon? Talking about gun control. I think we should do that. So shout out to the Daily Wire crew on your historic record-breaking million user per minute uh, demand. No, come on. They got DDoS. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.